May 12, 2023, if you go two lines from the bottom of the Amud, at the very beginning of the Gemara, <coughs> the Mishnah, which we learned at the end of class yesterday, mentioned both the opinions of Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel. They were debating, they were discussing situations of tevila, of immersing, of dipping, in a circumstance where it goes Shabbat into a holiday. Uh, so as a result, the person is interested in both immersing themselves as well as potentially their kelim, their utensils, for the holiday. When can they do so? Well, the one common denominator the Mishnah told us is that Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel agreed you may not dip your utensils on Shabbat. With regards to the person, Bet Hillel were permitting and Bet Shammai prohibited that. They said it's Asur. What's that? It's either, it's a good question, either, it's either a new utensil, which is a hayuvi the midrabbanan or minha Torah, or it's a utensil which you already had, which became tameh, and you're at a time when you need it to be tahor, in such a circumstance. No, the, Mish, the Mishnah told us that the utensils need to be dipped from Erev Shabbat, that's what the Mishnah told us. It means neither on Shabbat nor on Yom Tov. That's what the Mishnah said. Haliyot Ahara Shabbat. Bechamay Omrim Matbilin et hakol milifne ha-Shabbat. You see, it's not on Yom Tov, it's before Shabbat. Bechilel Omrim Kelim milifne ha-Shabbat v'adam b'Shabbat. What's very important for us is to realize that both Bechamay and Bechilel agree that with regards to utensils, they need to be done before Shabbat. That's how the Gemara begins. Says the Gemara, Dekule alna. Literally, it means the whole world. For our purposes, it means both Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel. The whole world with regards to opinions in our Mishnah. Mihat, they at the very least agree that keli b'shabbat lo. Now, when it comes to utensil, you may not immerse it on Shabbat. You can't dip it on Shabbat, whether it's because it's a new utensil or it's a utensil which became Tameh. Either way you slice it, what the Mishnah is telling us is that even according to Bet Hillel, it's prohibited to do so. My ta'ama. What's the reason for that? Why is it that the rabbis forbade dipping, immersing a utensil on Shabbat? So the Gemara will give several opinions, as we mentioned already, and the first of which will really be our primary focus for a little bit. That's the opinion of Rabbah. Now, what you need to know about Rabbah, well, you'll read it, and then we'll talk about it. Amar Rabbah, Gezera Rabbah's statement is the reason that it's prohibited to immerse, to dip a utensil on Yom Tov is because there's a fear of the rabbis that a person who's interested in doing so, not realizing that it's Shabbat, forgetting about the laws of Shabbat, will take that utensil in his hand and walk six feet and by so doing violate the halachot of Shabbat. Hold it, hold the questions for a little so, bit. They're good questions. So, the, you can apply it to so many things. It's not a cast of dishes at all. Indeed, Rabbah in Masechet Sukkah and Daf has this opinion with regards to three other circumstances. It's for that reason, Rabbah says that the rabbis forbade taking Lulav on Shabbat, sounding Shofar on Shabbat and reading the Megillah on Shabbat. In each of those three circumstances as well, there was a fear of But for our purposes, he's applying it to Tevilat Kelim on Shabbat. The Shabbat 
All right, it's a good question, especially because his reasoning over here is specific to Shabbat. In other words, if you had Yom Tov going into Shabbat, it sounds like even though everybody's questioning appropriately, <coughs> you would be able to do this on Yom Tov. It's specifically that you want this handled before Yom Tov. After all, that's what Rashi told us in the Mishnah. Yom Tov has these halachot that you're supposed to enter into the day already purified. You're supposed to be purified yourself. You want your utensils purified. You're going to enter into the Mikdash on Yom Tov. It's specifically when Shabbat came beforehand that you have such an issue. Otherwise, on Erev Yom Tov, you would have handled these sorts of things. It is going to be a question, so why not just do it on Yom Tov? That question's coming. But at this point, that's the issue. The issue is that it was Shabbat going into Yom Tov. Let's call it the standard practices. You deal with these things on Erev Yom Tov. Erev Yom Tov happens to be Shabbat. You can't deal with this. That's the issue, specifically according to Rabbah, it's Shemei Tarabim. There is a brief and a side question with regards to this. Tosafot in the top left-hand corner addresses this. Rashi in Masechet Sukaver and Dafmem Gimal deals with this as well. And that is, there are different types of Isurim on Shabbat with regards to carrying. Uh, this one that's mentioned is Arba'amot Bereshut Arabim. means I'm in the public area and I went six feet. I went four amot while carrying something. That is one manifestation. That's called the Isur of Tiltul. That's where you're walking in Rishut Arabim. The more standardized one, the one that we often talk about more often, uh, is um, the circumstance of Hosa'ah. It's when you go from a Rishut Yachid, from a private domain, let's call it my house, into a pu- public domain, let's call it uh, Ocean Parkway, let's call it uh, Broadway. In those circumstances, shouldn't we be fearful as well? Why are the words of Rabbah, it's a side point, but it's a question nonetheless, why are the words of Rabbah that the fear of the rabbis was specifically that you'll walk six feet for Amot Bereshut Arabim? Why didn't he say, Shemei Yosienu, maybe you'll take it from Rishut Yahid, from your home, Lirashut Arabim, into the public area? Why did Rabbah specifically zone in on one of those Isurim? Tosafot here on our page, the top left-hand corner, says, Shemeya avireno arba amot bereshut arabim. Tema, tema means it's a question, it's difficult to understand. Amai loka amar, why didn't our Mishnah say, our Gemara, Rabbah say, Shemeya siennu mereshut ayachid lereshut arabim. That's the question we asked. Why is it that we're talking about the carryings of six feet when you're already in the public area? What about the initial stage of going from private into public? The yesh lomar, perhaps we can answer, says Tosafot, sheyesh hekera bapetah ubegipufeh hehaser. Says Tosafot, you're less prone to make this mistake, not per se to sin, but to make this mistake because ultimately speaking, what we're talking about is you forgot. You're focused, you're purposed on going to dip the utensils. You forgot about the details. You won't make that sort of mistake when you're walking through your gate of your yard, when you're walking out of the entrance to the Rishut Yahid. There's something that's nikar, there's something that catches your eye. When you go from a public domain into a private domain, there's going to be something there. There's going to be a gate, there's going to be an archway. That will be a moment, even though your purpose, you have in your mind, I need to go dip this utensil, you'll stop for a second and say, wait a second, I can't carry from this into that. That's in contrast to I'm already in Rishut Arabim, the utensil's already there, I pick it up, there's nothing reminding me as I'm on my way to do it. That's where Rabbah was specifically nervous. Rashi alternatively understands it as there are more circumstances of permissibility from Rishut Yahid, when it's a quasi Rishut Yahid, what we call a Karmelit, which is only in Isud Rabbanan, um, than in a Ha'avara, which means to say it's more prevalent 
that you'll have a ha'avara, which is asur from the Torah in Rishut Rabim, as opposed to going from a full-fledged Rishut Yahid into a full-fledged Rishut Rabim. Well, either way you go on that, that's the statement here of Rabbah, and that's in turn the opinion that we're going to be dealing with over the course of a little bit more. doesn't help you with no, no, no. Over here we're talking about, when we, when we refer, it's a good, good opportunity to talk about this. When we say the Eruv is up, the Eruv is down, do you follow the Eruv? Do you not follow the Eruv? We're not talking about Eruv Tehumin, nor are we talking about Eruv Hasirot. Eruv Tehumin has nothing to do with carrying. It has to do with walking more than 2,000 Amah. It's uh, Alan Maller's uh, worst enemy outside of the city, I guess. Uh, outside of the city, that's where you put Eruv Tehumin. We, we don't do that uh, very often or at all unless we really know we're going a far distance. I don't know anyone who's done Eruv Tehumin any time recently. Eruv Haserot, alternatively, is not when you're going from public into private or private into public. It's when you're in the courtyard, which is surrounded by homes. The courtyard is already a private domain, and the homes, we have this, as I said, like on cul-de-sacs of sort. You have it in apartment buildings sometimes, maybe in a hotel. You don't really deal with that in regular homes in Brooklyn either. When we talk about Eruv, do you follow it or do you not? But we're not talking about any of these sorts of Eruvim. There's no Biracha that we say on that, what we call Eruv. That's what we're dealing with, it's called Mehisot. You're, you're building or constructing or using walls or virtual walls that surround an area in order to make it into a Rashut Yahid. It's, uh, it's not this issue. Over here we're talking about you have a Rashut Rabin. Uh, so, yes, you don't have mehisot surrounding it. So you're right, you're not dealing with a contemporary 21st, 20th, 19th century Eruv, what we call it Eruv. You're not dealing with that. You don't have that. If you had that, all right, so then you're not really, you know, the, the, that sort of issue only arises when we, when we question uh, what's the relevancy of this any law. It only comes up not in the cases where the Gemara already tells us not to do it. You know, and we don't, as a result, if you have mehisot, start taking lulav on uh, uh, Sukkot of Shabbat or sounding shofar, any of those situations, we keep the Gezerah in place. It comes up, to the best of my knowledge, only in one situation, and that is, do we do Tashlich on, the first, on a Rosh Hashanah day where it's Shabbat, <coughs> where the fear once upon a time, or until today, is that you'll carry the Mahzor outside, and that's an issue, but that's not in the Gemara. Do you apply that today, or do you not apply that today? These applications are going to be relevant forevermore, I mean, not forevermore, but for quite some time, irrespective of whether you're in a place where you have that mechitza or not, it's a gezira which was put in place because of the potential of that. Okay. The, the king that I'm Otherwise, it's a tirhashil or it's a hachana for hall. Yes, you're going to be using. That's the assumption, clearly. Right, so that's what Rabbah's statement is. Again, Amar Rabbah, Gezerah shemeh yetelenu biyado v'yavirenu arba amot b'rashut arbim. Amar le'abaye, Abaye has many claims, not just one, many questions on this statement of Rabbah, this interpretation of Rabbah. First and foremost, we'll get to the question that the others were asking, but first and foremost, yesh lo bor bahasero It's effectively Charlie's question in different words. The question is, when I'm not, let's call it, I don't have a Rashut Tarabim was his situation. Alternatively, my utensil is in a Rashut Yahid in a public area, and the bor, the, the pit, the mikveh that I'm going to be dipping it into is in that same 
private area, which means to say, I'm not prone to carrying it in Rishut HaRabim. What's the halacha in such a circumstance? Again, I'm not prone to potentially forget and carry because I have the board, I have the mikveh right here. I have it in my backyard, I have it in my basement. And as a result, I'm not going to fear and there should be no suspicion that I'll forget and carry outside on Shabbat. There's no such thing. I have it in the private area. Again, you extended a step further. You said, what about a situation where you don't have it? It doesn't mean that doesn't exist. But if I don't have it. Uh, that's an interesting point. Nathan says if it's in uh, Omasui, and we'll talk about cases like that in the Gemara, in other words, it's Lashachiach, it's not something that's prevalent. He says the Gezerah wouldn't have begun with. The fact that, and that's what the Gemara will say, it does exist, and maybe it exists more often than not that the board, that the mikveh is not in your backyard, it's rather in a public area, you need to pass through a public area, says the Gemara, that's why we made our Gezerah. By extension, even if you're in a place where there is what we call an Eruv today, the Gezerah would be in place. The only situation, again, where we would kind of say it's not is if there was no such Gezerah. We just don't want to take the Mahsur out of the knis if I don't have. Anyway, says the Gemara, Ma'ikale Memar, says Abaye Teraba, Amar Leib, Answers, uh, answers Rabbah to Abaye, Gezera bor bahasero, atu bor bereshut rabbim. His suggestion, his answer is that the rabbis made one large Gezera, one large enactment in order to safeguard this law of making certain that a person doesn't carry for Amot and Rashut Rabim, and they drew no distinctions. They knew there might be circumstances where it will be in Rashut Yahid in a private domain, which would pose no issue, but they said even that is prohibited, Rabbi interprets, because there might be a fear you'll, in some circumstances, when there isn't, or most circumstances, because there isn't, mikveh uh, in your private domain, you'll carry in Rashut Rabim. That's the statement. Jared might ask, isn't that a gezerah l'gezerah? Isn't this twofold removed? And the answer has to be, as the Mefarshim point out, this is all one large gezerah. We talked about this sort of concept earlier in the Masechet. The rabbis sometimes, of course you were going to, the rabbis at times have a fear which they took into account and at the time of their enactment, they made a full-fledged enactment irrespective of those details. It's not that the enactment was in place and then we feared going against the enactment, that would be a gezerah l'gezerah. It was rather one gezerah. Says the Gemara, okay, maybe I can understand. Yes, you'll have to give, the game. You'll have to give Abaye a little bit more time as well. He's, he's, he took it all into account. Yeah, it's coming. Says the Gemara, hatinah, first the question that, uh, that Nathan and others asked. Hatinah Shabbat. So now says Abaye back to Rabbi. He says, listen, I understand. If your whole issue is that it's a carrying and we're not drawing lines, we're not distinguishing between private and public, where your mikveh is, I understand. But wait a second, what about Yom Tov? Our Mishnah told us that you need to dip it on Erev Shabbat. You can't do it on Yom Tov, which comes afterwards. Why not? I don't understand. We learned on Daf Yod Bet in our Masechet that according to Bet Hilel, who's the opinion that we follow, not only is Melechet Ochil Nefesh is making food permitted on Yom Tov, 
But mitoch, from the fact that the Torah permitted melechet nefesh, preparing food for simchat yom tov, for enjoying rejoicing on the day of yom tov, so too, by extension, they permitted anything that's going to enhance your holiday. The examples explicitly in the Mishnah were carrying. You're allowed to carry your lulav, you're allowed to carry the baby, you're allowed to carry the sefer Torah, all bereshut rabim, from reshut to reshut and in reshut on the holiday. Carrying is permitted irrespective of any gates on the holiday. So that being the case, why should the rabbis have forbade? I understand Shabbat Rabbah for the moment, says Abaye. But why on the holiday as well? What's that? You mind? At this point, Rabbah is not talking about Tikkun. Another approach in the Gemara, that of, well, we'll see it, will be Tikkun. Rabbah's issue is not Tikkun per se. Ultimately speaking, it's not a full-fledged physical Tikkun. That's why Rabbah is not taking Tikkun into account. For Rabbah, this is baseline. Before I get to Tikkun, before I conceptualize it was good and now it's not good as I can say, this is I'm carrying. But he's not taking that into account. These questions wouldn't be a question if, uh, if, if we were going with the approach of Tikkun. But anyway, it says, Hatinach says Abayet Rabbah. Hatinach means something that's pleasant. It's pleasant and understood. Shabbat, when I deal with Shabbat, that there's a problem of carrying. What's going to be the halachan Yom Tov? Answers the Gemara, Gazru Yom Tov atu Shabbat. This as well was a gezerah of the rabbis for Yom Tov because of Shabbat. Atu because of, as a result of. Which means to say that uh, his statement in turn again is that although this issue primarily really only applies on Shabbat, the issue of carrying is only an issue when it comes to Shabbat. Again, we learned it on Dafyot Bet. Nonetheless, the rabbis had a gezerah over here, it suggests rabbah, which included Yom Tov as well because of a general fear. Again, Jared is sighing, he's nervous. It's gezerah gezerah. This time, I don't need a quote anonymous, Mefashim. This time, Tosafot, four lines from the top, addresses this issue. Gezerah Yom Tov atu Shabbat velahave. Says Tosafot, you should know this is not considered a gate around the gate because this was all one gate. The Yom Tov, the Shabbat, Achati. Indeed, but in terms. Yes. Yes, they are equal but different. Um, suggest Tosafot that the issue in our Gemara is, is obviated, is dealt with, because we suggest that although there are more permitted circumstances on Yom Tov, nonetheless, and I understand what you're going to ask, maybe that's what Abi's already addressing, oh, nonetheless, since Shabbat and Yom Tov share a lot in common, I said it just a little bit ago in Parashat Emor, we read this past week, Shabbat was mentioned again and again, and Shabbaton by the holidays, both by Sukkot as well as by Yom Kippur and by Rosh Hashanah, elsewhere it's mentioned by Pesach, it means to say that the holidays are much in, have much in common with Shabbat, they are a part of the same segment. In fact, the Torah says, we're about to read about the Mo'adim, and then it says, talks about Shabbat, they have a lot in common. You might then ask, well, if this is the case that we make Gezerot, we build boundaries, because of Shabbat on Yom Tov, technically it could be and would be permitted on Yom Tov, but we're nervous about Shabbat, then how come cooking's permitted on Yom Tov? What about any carrying aside from this carrying? Well, cooking is explicit in the Torah. The rabbis aren't going to make an enactment per se against an explicit statement of What about carrying anything else? What needs to be argued, and it is what the Mifashim on our Gemara suggests, is that we're not talking about Muqseh. 
I got you, but the Gemara hasn't said such a comment. And the Rabbah's comment is specifically, that's a tikkun type of thought, it's not Rabbah's thought. Rabbah's thought is that ultimately speaking, they're prone to making more mistakes. That's what you have to argue in this context. In other words, yes, the rabbis could have made Gezerot above and beyond, but they wouldn't. They saw an issue over here. They were particularly and specific nervous, specifically nervous, that when it comes to Tevilat Kelim, you would make this mistake on Shabbat. So they made the Gezerah. Could they about all carrying? They could have but they didn't see it as a necessity. That in turn is the Gemara's uh, suggestion at this point, Rabbah's response to Abaye. Several lines from the top, what, two, four, five lines from the top, several words before the end of the line, says the Gemara, Omigazrinan. Abaye now turns to Rabbah and says, wait a second, are you tired? let me understand this. Your suggestion is, this is a Gezerah, the reason you're not doing Tevilat, Kelim, on Yom Tov, or Shabbat, excuse me, is Gezerah, it's a larger Gezerah. First and foremost, nervous that you're going to carry on Shabbat. However, will be Oser, even on Yom Tov, as a larger, this gate just got larger and broader. Do we make such, do the rabbis in these sorts of situations, based on our evidence and knowledge of the way these Gezerot went about, do they, do they go that far? Umi Gazrinan, Gazrinan means Anan, Anachnu Gozrim. Do we make such Gezerot? Apparently we're about to quote some sort of evidence that this sort of a broader uh, consideration is inappropriate. How so? Vehatenan, doesn't our Mishnah say? Vishavin, this was Jared's point, Shemashikin etamayim, if you recall, the, the next words in our Mishnah were that even, that both Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel agreed that you're allowed to, and we talked about this at the end of class yesterday, do this, this idea and this action called Hashaka. Remember what Hashaka is? Hashaka is the following type of situation. I have a utensil with impure water in it, it's made out of kli'ets, it's made out of uh, something that's not susceptible to tumah, as a result by immersing the utensil in the water, I'm not being tovel in a way that's changing anything, but then I lower it enough so that the water in the utensil touches, this is the water of the mikveh, the table, touches it, it kisses one another, and in turn it becomes tahor. Wait a second, that is permitted. Why should that be permitted? So you'll say to me, because I'm ultimately speaking not doing a tevilah, which is necessary. This is made out of, out of, out of even, it's made out of stone, and as a result, uh, there's no such issue. But it's a gezerah against dipping. Why don't we have an... In other words, the point is, the Gemara's question is, in this situation, you see leave aside the carrying for a moment. Ulti- oh, in other words, uh, you're, you're articulating it properly, yes. In other words, in, I, I thought you were asking, you're, you're explaining. In other words, in this situation where I have this utensil filled with water, you're allowing for me to bring it to the mikveh and to put it into the mikveh, uh, provided that I'm not fixing, so to speak, this utensil. Why should that be permitted? Why shouldn't it be just as prohibited? Because maybe I'll bring it into the shutarabim. Do you understand, in other words, the claim of if you're telling me the issue over here has nothing to do with, per se, the fixing of the utensil, find a situation where I'm not fixing the utensil. And in that situation, it should also be forbidden. Because ultimately speaking, the issue is carrying. If over here I'm permitting, you see, sometimes we do permit. You see, we don't... 
All right, interesting. Uh, interesting. Okay, uh, maintain that thought for a little bit. But again, says the says Abayeter Didn't we in our Mishnah learn Vishavin Betchamayim Betilel Grishim Mashikinetamayim Bekliyevin LeTaharana Velomat Bilin? You're allowed to take the utensil, bring it to the mikveh, lower it in until the water touches the other water, kisses one another. Why should you be allowed to do that? Shouldn't we say? That you have a gezerah that maybe you'll carry it for amot berashut tarabim. What's holding the other water? Because I'm a little confused on that. They have the main water, water, and then you have other other water. What's holding the other water? The uh, vessel, the utensil, my uh, my the tissue box. Is holding water. water. Look at this. Water in here, right? And this is imagine made out of out of. I can't have it one way. The only way you can touch it. Here it is. This is made out of stone. And this is the water line. This is, uh, this is a stream or this is a mikveh. I take it, I lower it like this. I touch, and the water is all the way until the top. I touch it, chalas, and I take it out. A little bit mixed, obviously, but just a little bit. I just touched it a little bit, and then I took it out. Now, the mikveh water is a little bit dirty. Okay, a little, or it's a little bit salty. A little bit of it touched and went in. I'm not too nervous about those sorts of germs, and I move on. But that's, that's what I did. You're allowed to do this on Shabbat. Why should you be allowed to do this on Shabbat? Why shouldn't we have a gezerav shemeyavirin? According to you, Rabbah, that should be in effect. Says the Gemara, vi'ita. Says Abayet Rabbah. And if it's so, vi'ita. And if it's so, that the purpose and the reason for this prohibition is because you might carry nigzor, we should make a gezerah. The rabbis would hashaka. Again, the uh, dipping uh, by. Uh, by kissing and not fixing per se, but fixing the water and not the utensil, atu hatbala. It should be asur because you might come to tivila. And tivila, of course, is asur because of shemeya avirenu. Why is it that the rabbis permitted, to put it in different words, why is it the rabbis permitted to do this when it's made out of stone, when it's made out of a rock? And as a result, it's not susceptible, the utensil, the vessel itself, to Tumah. But if it's made out of, say, wood or something else, they prohibited it. You should make a gezerah of one for the other. If one's prohibited, and you're telling me, Rabbah, that the rabbis make this larger and broader prohibition and restriction, it should be so over there as well. That's the question. What's the purpose of that? The water... I'd like to drink on the holiday and not become Tameh. It's Tameh water. It's Tameh water. The stone is why it's permitted, because while I dip it in in order to fix the water, I'm not at the same time fixing the stone. If it's not made out of stone, and even though my purpose is just to fix the water, I'm fixing the utensil as well, that's prohibited. That's the whole issue. It's the Tameh water. Because you might say it like that. We say it differently. We say because the because tuman tahara is not. You're thinking about kashrut. Kashrut is whether a taste went in. The Torah, however, when it comes to tuman tahara, it's not about taste per se. It's about the status and stature of the type of vitamin. The Torah says kli even is not susceptible for, to tuma for one reason or another, even if it is porous. You know, it's not about the taste, like you. Uh, but understandably so, why you assumed it. Says the Gemara v'tisbera. Says Rabbah back to Abayeh, did this make sense to you? Sivara means logic. Is that logical? This sort of yafim. Let's think about the situation. Our fear is that if we tell a person that he can take his water, which is Tameh, 
and bring it to the mikveh in order to immerse it in the mikveh, but not really for the utensil, just in order to fix the water, let's make an assumption here. It's not a crazy one. It's that he doesn't have any other water. If he had tahor water, this person is not dealing with bringing his water to the mikveh. If I have a vat or running water in my house, I'm not turning to my child or my wife or myself and saying, let's go fix this water. Let's leave this water for now and let's use the water we have. So says the Gemara, says Rabbah, let's start with the circumstance. If he has tahor water already, these waters, why is he going through the arduous, annoying task of fixing that water? What's that? Okay, give it a second. Uh, okay, the point is he doesn't have enough. That in and of itself, you're saying the same thing. It's not, that's right. Ela, rather, the case must be, Ela, delet le. It must be that he doesn't have enough water, doesn't have any tahor water. The kevan delet le. And once the circumstance and situation is such that this individual has very little water, he, as a result, we have to imagine, Mizhar Zahir Behu. He's now going to be very careful with both himself and his foods and anything that he comes in contact with, that he keeps it tahor. Why would he have to do so? Otherwise, he's not drinking anything this holiday. Since he has such little amounts of water, we can therefore assume that if we're permitting him to do this, it's because he had so, so little water, he's not now going to be mindlessly going through other matters and as a result being mitame other utensils and foods to the extent that we should fear now as a result of this he's going to go to the mikveh and carry in the shuta rabim. He's not going to be in such a situation. He has such little water, he's careful now and realizes I have to keep tahor. And as a result, the fear that if we permit him to fix the water, he'll in turn come to fixing his utensils is not in place. We assume his utensils won't become tameh. He's not going to be dealing with such a situation. That's the answer of the Gemara over here. Again, says the Gemara, i'it le mayim it means yesh, if there is, if he has mayim yafim, if he has good water, why is he going about fixing this water? Ela, rather, quite clearly, he doesn't lay to him. He doesn't have more water. He doesn't have enough water. And since he doesn't have enough water, we can and should assume he's going to be careful with this water. He's going to be careful with this water, and as a result, it's going to be a far-off case where he now has other utensils which become tameh. It's a gezera. That would be on far-off lashachiyah circumstances. The rabbis didn't make gezerot on far-off, not common circumstances. That's what the Gemara suggests over here for us. What the Gemara... Question? Yeah, we're talking about Kaleem, but the Good. So, that's where I'm coming. But first, let me summarize one last time, and then let me go to your question. It's Tosafot's question on the left-hand side. So again, so the Gemara says, our question specifically was, why are we permitting fixing the water, but not permitting fixing the utensil? Shouldn't we be nervous if we permit him to fix the water, he's going to come to fix the utensil? The answer is, 
if he's having to fix his water, we have to assume he's not going to mess up his other utensils. He's going to be very careful and scrupulous as a result. Says Tosaf, but wait a second, you didn't really address our, what we thought, fundamental question, and that is, what about the carrying? What about the carrying in the first place? How did you forget about saying that because of fixing the water, he'll come to fix his utensils? How were you allowing for him to fix his water in the first place? I know. It's haram. He's not going to have any water on the holiday. Ah, but that's what we're dealing with. So I'll have to turn to his neighbor and get some water. I have to make some some other provisions, uh, some other circumstance over here. But ultimately speaking, how would you permit in the first place for him to take the water to the mikveh? Shouldn't we be fearful that he'll be ma'avir arba'amot bereshut harabim? All you addressed was not Jared's question, but was the side question. Why is it that we permitted the water? Uh, shouldn't we be nervous he's now going to use the utensil? What about the water in the first place? It says Tosafot on the left hand side four five lines from the top uh, six lines from the top why don't we at the first place it's not once we permitted it we should be fearful we're going to permit something else we shouldn't be permitting that at all this is Shabbat B'yesh Lomar says Tosafot Suggest Tosafot, there's a distinction. When it comes to utensils, when it comes to lulav, when it comes to migillah, when it comes to shofar, and all those circumstances, we can and should imagine that the person's mindset, their being is lahut. Lahut means they're in a chaotic state of mind. Lahut means they're very quick and fast and not able to think clearly and appropriately in this moment because they need to get this fixed. They're not going to have dishes to make food. They're not going to have food of, uh, uh, items to put out on the table. They're not going to have a shofar to sound in the knees. They're not going to have a lulav, which they know how to shake appropriately and so forth. In all those situations, Rabbah's understanding is the rabbis say a person psychologically will be forgetful he'll mindlessly go through this he's lahut he's burdened his mind is elsewhere when it comes to the water in contrast as significant and as important water is there's always more water you don't have more water in your house you don't have more water in your house you get from your neighbor you'll get from somewhere else it's true you'd rather have your own water that's why you're going to fix your water but in the scheme of things our assumption says Tosafot is a person is more mindful in fixing their water than in fixing their utensils getting a lulav getting a shofar and dealing with those sorts of matters it's a distinction with regards to the psyche of a person says Tosafot our fear when it comes to water was not the Gemara only mentioned this case of fixing the water as questioning wait a second Rabbah you told me we broaden our horizon when it comes to dipping on the holiday not so fast you're allowing dipping water in order to fix the water shouldn't we be fearful you'll come to dip as well the utensil for that we had an answer why didn't you fear with the dipping of the water the carrying at all says Tosafot you have to get into the mind of the person he's not lahut in such a circumstance. That's where the Gemara is up to in terms of this issue. Let's, what's that? No, no, no. We don't fear that. He's only going to do it. He has one in his backyard. Then why would you allow it? If you're not worried he's not going to carry it, why would you allow it? If you get it from someone else, why would you allow him to do it? Because our assumption is he's, it's much easier for him to do it like this. We don't fear he's going to carry it. He's not going to extrapolate from this to other circumstances. You don't fear What's the issue of allowing it? What's the issue of allowing it? He has one in his backyard. Absolutely, he's going to do it in his own board. 
Absolutely. He may not do it, obviously. It's Asur to do it in another well, book. Why would he not be concerned for the other reasons and only for this? If he has it in his backyard, he can do everything. He can't do utensils in the backyard because we fear it's a larger gezera. What about when you don't have utensils in your backyard? In the water situation, of course, if you don't have it in your backyard, you can't carry it. No question. But why are we permitting in your backyard? Why don't we fear the larger picture? The answer is in that circumstance, when it's not in your backyard, you'll be more mindful about it. You'll go to your next door neighbor instead, as opposed to buy the utensils. Okay, Rabah is standing uh, on somewhat steady ground, but Abaye has plenty more questions for him to come. Baruch Adonai le'olam. Amen v'amen. Bihalam b'shamara sa'akadosh baruchu z'koi selfi'cha.